With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. When you have a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. This past weekend for Mother's Day, I'm treating my wife while grilling. I'm treating myself with a Miller Lite. Miller Lite, it just tastes right. Whether it's barbecue season or just celebrating a regular day with burgers and dogs, with a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. When we talk about NBA superstars, we normally don't mention Jimmy Butler. But over the last five years, Butler has averaged more than 22 points just once. We don't talk about Jimmy Butler during the regular season. But scoring isn't the only indication of a great player. Because he's a great two-way player, an elite defender. And when it comes to big games, he delivers. So far in the postseason, he's averaged just under 30 points per game. Two and a half steals per game. Last night, no different. Led the Heat to the win. He had 41. And when we talk about stars, you're going to talk about LeBron or Luka, Greek Freak, and rightfully so, Jason Tatum. Butler has done this before. It's just he's had a weird career where he was, I think, the last pick of the first round by the Bulls. He also played for the Sixers. He also played for Minnesota, and now he's with the Miami Heat. I don't know how many future Hall of Famers played for four teams over the first 10 years of their career. I think that's probably the numbers there for uh, Jimmy Butler. But he has that mentality that you want. It's playoff basketball. You know, we talked about Rajon Rondo, playoff Rondo. There are certain players, Reggie Miller in the postseason. Tim Duncan was great in the postseason. I mean, he was very good during the regular season. Tim Duncan always stepped his game up. And uh, I have a crazy stat about that. I'll give that to you coming up. But it feels like every year, at least one time, we say the following. Man, that Jimmy Butler is really good in the postseason. Right? We always bring it up. We don't mention his name until May. And then he has a game and we go, gosh, he's really good. Or he really cares. I just don't think he, um, I don't know if he's easy to play with. Because he expects you to be great. He expects you to play hard. When he got to Minnesota, he probably looked at those kids and said, do you guys care? I mean, come on, let's go. There's, there's a fire out there. Let's, let's go. And then 
the Sixers famously took Tobias Harris and gave up on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has a chip on his shoulder. And you could understand it because, oh, you didn't get drafted high in the first round by the Bulls. Oh, you're kind of an interesting story there. And then he bounced around to a couple of teams, and now he's with the Miami Heat. But had a big game last night as uh, the Boston Celtics. You don't have Marcus Smart. You don't have Al Horford. Like, if I'm Boston, I don't feel bad about this. Now, I have Miami against Golden State in the finals and said that at the start of the season. But if I'm Boston, I'm like, okay, we've been in this situation before. Now, you got to get Marcus Smart back. Al Horford, uh, he's in safety protocol right now. Don't know exactly when he'll be back. Probably game three at best. Marcus Smart, all right. You got blown out. Third quarter was the big difference here. Miami's been a great third quarter team. And you made it interesting, at least for them. But I wouldn't feel like all is lost or the sky is falling. You know, people talked about uh, this game was so important for Boston. No, it was really important for Miami. If if you would lose to a Boston team without Marcus Smart and Al Horford at home, that's a big deal. But Jason Tatum played well. Not well enough in the second half. But Boston lost to Milwaukee, game one. They've been here before. I wouldn't panic. I think it's going to go seven games. And Miami had a good night last night, as I mentioned with Reggie Miller yesterday. I think Tyler Hero is really the key for the Miami Heat. If he plays well and he gets 20 points a night, now you have enough firepower to uh, stay with the Boston Celtics. Tyler Hero played well last night. He had 18. But Jimmy Butler goes for 41, and Miami takes a 1-0 lead. Yes, Seton. It's funny to me that uh, there's like the, the criticism of Jimmy Butler is that he expects his teammates to be great. Yeah. Like, you know, he's the kind of guy that like he expects his teammates to play great. He expects his teammates to play hard. You know, he wants to win. He's one of those guys. Like th- Those are all supposed to be good things. Why, yeah. why for Jimmy Butler are they a negative? Well, I don't think he wanted to stay with Minnesota when he saw those young kids didn't really care or didn't give the effort that he wanted. Philadelphia, they chose Tobias Harris instead of Jimmy Butler. Um, now with Miami, you know, he demands a lot out of those players, and so rightfully annoying. so. Yeah, I know. Here's Jimmy Butler after the uh, win last night. I speak for my teammates in the Miami Heat organization. Whenever I say I know what I'm capable of, um, and I don't, I don't do this to score 40 points. I play the way that I play to win. Um, by all means necessary, and it just so happened that I scored 40. But uh, if I score 40 and lose, I'm going to be really pissed off. Okay. (laughs) He's fun to watch. He's intense, and you need to have that. There are certain players that they just dial it up, and they dial it up when you need them the most. Uh, So Jimmy Butler has increased his scoring in the postseason over the regular season average six times. That doesn't compare to Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan has the most all-time, increasing his scoring average from the regular season to the postseason, 14 uh, postseasons. 14 times in his career, he had averaged more during the postseason than he did during the regular season. But uh, Jimmy Butler, an impressive start to that series. And then you have tonight, it's Luka and Steph Curry. By the way, DraftKings has both players going over 35 points. Could you see both both players, I should say, going over uh, 35 points? I, I can with Luka. I think he needs to. I don't know about Steph Curry, but uh, DraftKings has that as the over-under 
35 and a half points, I guess. Uh, the uh, lottery last night won by the Orlando Magic. And then you start to think, okay, there's not that uh, you know, transcendent player. There's no Zion. There's no Shaq. There's no, I mean, you can run down the list. Dwight Howard. You got you know, a couple of guys who played uh, a couple of years in college. Chet Holmgren, uh, his high school teammate, Jalen Suggs, is with the Orlando Magic. So maybe you would partner those two together. Uh, I think they won three uh, straight championships in high school. Uh, Chet went to Gonzaga after Jalen went to Orlando. Um, You've got a couple other players that are interesting. Jalen Smith at Auburn. uh, Paolo Banchero at Duke. Jaden Ivey. But I'm guessing if I'm Orlando... See, I don't buy into this way. You got to take a big guy. No, you don't. Or you got big guys. Don't take take the best player. That's what today's NBA is all about. You can really get in trouble when you go. Hmm, that guy's probably really good, but we need a big guy. Let's don't do that. There are guys who are bigs, but they don't play big. And I like Chet Holmgren, but I don't know what he's going to be like right away. And as the number one overall pick. You put that pressure on him, although being in a, the Orlando market will help him considerably. But it would really help Orlando maybe to get a little bit of a boost. They're one of the worst teams as far as attendance. They're really kind of faceless. That would give you, you know, a name and a face there, somebody to come out and see, and that's what they need. But uh, Orlando wins. <laughs> Jamari Smith might be, well, him and uh, Banchero – Probably the two guys ready to play right now. Uh, but Holmgren feels like we love potential. There are times when you go, that guy could be really good. It's the guy right in front of you. You go, no, he is really good. Yeah, but we like potential. Yes, Seton. I'm not sure anybody really won the NBA draft wow. lottery. <laughs> Wow. It's just like, hey, Orlando, congratulations. You get the first pick in one of like the weakest drafts we've seen in a while. And hey, Chet Holmgren, you're probably going to go number one to Orlando. It's kind of a lose-lose. Yeah. No offense. But, it, but if you're Chet Holmgren, you get to be reunited with your high school teammate. That's not bad. I mean, that feels like a win for him. You go number one. They all want to go number one overall. I'd say if Chet Holmgren goes number one to Orlando, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, Paul. You're going to Siberia, though. Your games aren't on TV. More, there's more Gonzaga games on national TV than Orlando Magic. Now, that's not that's a joke true. in any way. <laughs> no, I know. And, and also, the topic of the NBA draft can't be named Chet. Guys named Chet historically don't play basketball that well. He seems good. But I'm like, ooh, Chet comes to the court. I'm like, I'm licking my chops. Chet Walker, Hall of Famer, that's played one. for the Bulls. That's one. Well, that's one more than you thought. <laughs> Chet the Jet. Chester See, Walker. You, you can't call him Chet the Jet Holmgren because he's not really... Yeah, fast. He's just tall. Yes, time. And Kenny Smith is the Jet. How many Jet nicknames do you need? Yeah, but Kenny was the Jet after, you know, Chet the Jet Walker. Yeah, that's I, that, that I have a problem with, too. I think once someone gets the nickname, that's the one person that gets it. Yeah, Paul. That's a good point by Fritzy. LaDainian Tomlinson is a fantastic yes. athlete. Yeah, he is he, not LT. No, he's not, not LT. LT is Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Uh, Tom Terrific. Remember Tom Brady tried to uh, oh, I know. siphon Tom Terrific <laughs> as a nickname? That's Tom Seaver. It's, it's over, Johnny. Yeah. It's like Tom didn't think anybody would remember Tom Seaver. 
Like a siphon. Yeah. I don't even know if that's the right word. Yeah. It feels like a dastardly thing. No, he thing. just stole it. Yeah. He was trying to steal it. Is that there at the gas tank of yeah. the Tom Terrific nickname? Yeah. yeah. Tom Seaver's gas tank, and he's <laughs> siphoning off Terrific out of there. Tomlinson should have his own thing. He's, he was a great player. Well, what would you call a Danian Tomlinson? I don't know, but... I mean, can you call him the Great Dane? Let's say we were in a room, and I said, holy cow, LT's here. What, what name pops in your yeah, head? Yeah, I know. How about LD? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, LD. Right. yeah, LD, LT. It's kind of... Yeah. Why, why, is, why does LT, like, yes, but LD is like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, coach. <laughs> who is the Great Dane? There, there has to be somebody whose nickname is the Great Dane. Ron Dane? Ooh. Okay. Well, good pull, Marv. All right, the Great Dane. I, there might have been a Great Dane before... Maybe somebody who's actually Danish would have been the Great Dane. Famous Danish NFL players. No, 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 just famous oh. athletes. It could be a Great Dane who is a biathlete there. The University of Albany, they're the Great, great Danes. Great Danes. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll work on Chet Holmgren. Yes, Todd? I'm looking here. The Great Dane is a nickname which may refer to Morton Anderson, Danish-American okay. NFL kicker. Hall of Famer. All right. Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> we got to come up. Does Chet Holmgren have a nickname? Yes. Chet's his first name. It's not like Chester. I think it's just Chet. Chet, Chet Thomas Holm, Holmgren. The third. C- yeah, C-T-H. Yeah. Yes. It's not Chet, sir. <laughs> it, wouldn't be, yeah. it wouldn't be Chet Stir to begin with, Paulie. <laughs> no, no. I think Chester. I, I think I, did I say Chetster? Yeah. No, 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 no. You no. were trying to squeeze it in like that no. would be his formal name. No, my point is that if his name was Chester and you shortened it, It'd it would be, be Chess. Chess. Right. Instead and, of Chet. And his name is Chet. Right. So his be formal Chetster. name is not Chetster. But isn't people, aren't people named Chester? Aren't they called Chet? Yeah. Or are like they? people named Charlie are called Chaz. Yes, Todd. Another possible great Dane I'm looking at. Peter Boleslaw Schmeckel is a Danish former pro footballer who played as a goalkeeper. Okay. There you go. The great Dane, Peter Schmeckel. The old Schmeckel. We do have to find out if Chet is short for Chester. I think it is. Marvin said it is. That's a confirmation. That's, that's a fact. Though. Marvin knows stuff. Yeah, but you were trying to take Chet and Chester and go Chetster. I didn't say Chetster. No, no, yeah. I said Chester, Dan. <laughs> yes, Todd. I wish I, I would have said I that. Paul, he's right, because Chet Lemon, the great uh, White Sox, Chester Earl Lemon. This says Chet is a masculine given name, often a nickname for Chester. Oh, okay. I thought Paulie was trying to but they shoehorn just, Chetster. I've got his birth certificate here, and it's just Chet Holmgren, just Chet. This program brought to you by Discover. <laughs> Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. That, that's why when people go, you script this show, there is no way in the world that we would script this show. And if we did, we wouldn't have done what we just did. We certainly would have uh, interjected the uh, Fritzy's Great Dane comment there in the middle of the bit we were rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Hard left. Yeah. Oh. Yes, Tom. We would have taken that out of the script. Yes, we would have. Now, Chester McLaughlin would sound a lot less scary if he was just Chet McLaughlin. Can we agree with that? Let's take a break. Tim Legler from the Mothership on what we saw last night and uh, what he expects tonight with the Western Conference Finals. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app 
by searching FSR. Or stream us live. The original light beer, 1975. Miller Lite. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day. I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Lite, my friend, right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. I would no, lose. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You've probably put this off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your game. Touring tires for commuting comfort. How about performance tires for sporty handling? All-terrain if you're going on and off-road adventuring. Go to TireRack.com and get started. You're not sure where to begin? I suggest the easy-to-use tire decision guide. Get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how and what and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office and install them on site. Go to TireRack.com Dan. You'll see the Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Live on the Peacock app. If I were a star college basketball player, I would least like to be drafted by Orlando, Houston, Sacramento, or the Knicks, or other. Let me start with Tim Legler with that question, the ESPN NBA analyst and one of the great shooters in NBA history. I hate to go negative to start out here, Legs, but would you, <laughs> would you rather be the team that you would least likely to be drafted by or want to be drafted by, Orlando, Houston, Sacramento, or the Knicks? I would say the Kings. <laughs> I didn't take long to get that answer. <laughs> no, I, you didn't. Um, no, I, I, mean, I just think 
you know, I just think look at the track record of, of the organization and the track record of guys that they've dropped, drafted at the top of the lottery. I mean, number one, they don't seem to really develop there. And two, they don't seem to stay there very long. So if I were a top pick, rather than maybe have a few wasted years at the beginning of my career, uh, maybe you'd be better off in a healthier organization because they just, they've had a very difficult time getting anything right. We would look at drafts sometimes, and you wouldn't take the best player. You would take the player that you thought was best for you. And teams may, you know, the draft is littered with teams who made these mistakes where you go, we got to go get a big guy. Wait, but Michael Jordan's, nope, you got to go after a big guy there. But I wonder about today's NBA. Chet Holmgren is a big guy, but he's not that prototypical big guy down low. So if you're looking at Orlando, uh, would you buy into Chet Holmgren with the uh, you know limited sample size we saw at Gonzaga? Yeah, I would. I, I, I've seen him play enough to look at the skill set there, Dan. I mean, this, this guy's a special talent. Now, obviously, that body type has got to change a little bit. But, I, you know, you look at Kevin Durant coming out. And I know they're different players. And Kevin Durant's one of the greatest scorers this league's ever seen. So that's not a, that necessarily a comparison. But what I'm saying is the body type. Kevin Rant never really did develop. He clearly got stronger to play through contact than he did when he in his first few years in the league. You could ride his hip and knock him off balance, and he was an inefficient player early on. And he was able to get stronger functionally to play through it. Chad Holmgren absolutely needs to add some weight, some bulk, some strength. But when you look at him handle the ball in the open floor and you look at his vision and passing ability and his ability to step out and shoot and – Probably for me, the real differentiating factor would be the ground this guy covers defensively. I mean, he is an elite level hmm. weak side defender at, at what's probably going to end up being a, a small forward position. This is one of the best rim protecting small forwards we've ever seen come into this league with the ground he covers and his instincts for being there at the right time. So you add all that up. I, I think Chad Holmgren, it's going to take, it's going to take some time. You got to be patient because the guy can't weigh more than 180 pounds. I'd be shocked if he weighs more than that. You're going to have to develop that body, but the skill set, man, is, is special. I like how he's a seven-footer, and we're talking about him being a small forward. we got to get rid of these labels, Legs. I talked about this yesterday. Nobody is mentioning LeBron James as the greatest point guard of all time or second to Magic. Like we, when we talk point guards, it'd be like, well, you got to put Chris Paul and you got Kuzi and Nash and Stockton and – why Why isn't LeBron the greatest point guard or Luka right now? He's a point guard, but we don't, you know, we, we don't call them that. Why? You're dead on. We don't. And I'm as guilty as anybody. I should do it because I've been referring to LeBron James as a point guard for a decade. I mean, that's really what he is. Let's be honest about it. The guy initiates every possession when he's on the floor. Well, isn't that what a point guard, the way we used to know it, you know what that means, lead guard, point guard, whatever you want to call it. Luka Doncic, the same thing. You're 100% right. We just we don't because of the size of yeah. these players, and they're just not prototypical of what we think that's supposed to look like, but there's no question. And right now in today's game, um, there is not a player in the league that controls possessions to a greater extent than Luka Doncic, and that to me is the essence of what a point guard is. We'll talk about that series coming up in a moment, talking to Tim Legler, uh, Legler ESPN NBA analyst. There's certain players who get to the postseason and become different players. I know that you, you know, Michael Jordan and, you know, some of these players, but like Reggie Miller was a different player in the postseason. 
Jimmy Butler, Tim Duncan, different player in the postseason. What is it about those players that it's just bigger the game, the bigger the moment for them, the bigger the performance? Yeah, I completely agree with those guys. And Jimmy Butler's fascinating because, uh, uh, to me, I mean, there, there's such an incredible leap that he takes in terms of his focus and his com- competitiveness almost. I, I've described him often as the greatest boring player I've ever watched in my life, right? Because he doesn't do any of the stuff that wow us. He's, he's a guy that's going to operate mainly in the mid-range area of the floor. He's going to get to the line a lot. That's not exactly exciting. I mean, he D's up when it's this time of the year, but he's not doing those things that are the eye candy that we love to watch, like some of these other great players in the league are. He's so methodical about it, but clearly, and Eric Spolster alluded to this last night, there's something about got certain guys that it they really only get the hair on their neck up when something dramatic is on the line. And that's the case, obviously, in the postseason. And he was spectacular last night. He completely took over that game in the third quarter, really on both ends of the floor, and gave them a 1-0 lead in a series. I picked Boston to win, but, of course, I didn't know Horford and Smart were going to be out, so we'll see how it goes now. Those guys don't play in game two, and they go down 2-0, Beating a team that's that well coached, that's that good defensively, four out of five is going to be tall, a tall order for Boston. I had to laugh that uh, your uh, fellow ESPNer Jay Williams said that you know we have slighted the Miami Heat, and I wanted to say to Jay, your network slighted the Miami Heat because you guys spent an entire year talking about the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. Miami Heat were the best team record wide wise in the East. But there's no drama there. There's no clickbait there. I mean, that's how we cover sports now, where you go, we probably talk more about the Lakers now, and they've been out of the postseason, than we have been the Miami Heat in the postseason. No, it's a great call. And, you know, when they made the changes in the offseason, I thought the Miami Heat had a great chance to get to the finals because they added P.J. Tucker and Kyle Lowry, right? So all that playoff experience of Lowry, the toughness of P.J. Tucker, like things that they needed. But here's why. When you look at the other teams that we're talking about all the time in the East, it's because of what I just said. They've got the eye candy players. They've got Giannis. They've got Embiid and Harden. They've got Durant and Kyrie. They've got Jason Tatum. Nobody on Miami really looks like that, even though Jimmy Butler's a great player. Bam Adebayo is an all-star, one of the best defensive centers in the league, one of the most versatile big guys in the league. They don't do the things that tantalize us that make us want to talk about them every night. So instead, and I think Eric Spolster is perfectly fine with that. Let's just show up every day, be professional about what we do, end up with the number one seed and, and be incredibly difficult to operate against in those moments. And that's exactly what they did last night. It was very impressive the way they turned it up against them coming out of the locker room. I'm curious, the uh, gamesmanship, the game of verbal ping pong with Luca and Draymond Green. Verbal verbal oh, bouquets right now. Everybody, uh, you know, uh, Draymond's one of my favorite players. Love the way he plays. Uh, Luca's unbelievable. He's unstoppable. How long does this last, Tim? I would say probably within the first eight seconds of the game, there's going to be some sort of uh, of a verbal back and forth. Uh, the first time Luca, you know, goes goes into the lane and tries to back somebody down and throws his arms into somebody, gets a call. Draymond will immediately start in, and at no point over the next six or seven games, however long it lasts, will Draymond stop talking about what Luke is doing and, and vice versa. You know, this is going to be fascinating because there is a 
there is a whole other layer to Luca that has to just drive players insane. And it's the constant smiling, the grinning, the, the look on his face of, man, am I having fun out here? And God, is this easy? And the, I mean, what, what drives a, think about it, Dan, I was thinking about the other day when he was doing it to Booker right, in that game. And it started off, he was doing it, by the way, not when they were up 40. He hit his first two threes of the game, and he was grinning like that. He knew something, right, that nobody else knew in that moment, which is I am in a great place right now mentally, and I am by far the best player on the floor. We're going to be just fine. But I was thinking, imagine anything you did competitively in your life, right? You go play golf with three of your buddies, and every shot a guy hits for four hours, he's laughing. And you know you can't beat him. Or you're, you're in a boxing match, and a guy's tuning you up and then steps back between jabs and just grins at you. Like, what could get under your skin more? And that's what Luca is doing to people right now. And it's going to get chippy, physical, whatever, however you want to describe it. The bottom line is I don't think anybody is capable of getting this guy off his game. He, the pace he plays with, his physical strength, the way he anticipates what's coming his way, I, I just don't think he's affected by anything that's in front of him. He is so unique and so fascinating because of it. It would bother me more if a guy just grinned as opposed to smack talk. Like, like oh, I agree. Right? Like that that's gonna hurt. When you laugh, you're you're laughing at me. Like if you want to go back and forth and we exchange words, that's one thing. But when you're just laughing, you don't have to say a word. Oh man, because Booker is just He's not even making eye contact. He's just staring straight ahead, and Luke is, like, looking up at him like, hey, you know, you mad, bro? It's just – that picture is – I mean, that picture, it, <laughs> did, it did make me laugh out loud just because the nature of it. He's looking up. Like, he literally – if I could put a thought bubble on Luka Doncic at that moment, I, it looked like he was saying, it's going to be okay, little buddy. You'll be all right. Yeah, you'll get, you'll get one to drop. Don't worry. Keep trying. And then if he makes one, literally, he, he's at the point almost where in that game – he was going to be like, there you go, right? See, it's fun making shots. It, when it goes in, it's a lot more fun. Like, it, it, I just can't think of anything more going. At one point, he went to, in there, he got hit, converted, and literally was smiling, and it took his hands and kind of like rubbed his hands through his hair like a model. And I'm going, what is happening out here? And so, it's, it's, it look, and look, he is, he is special, obviously. Obviously, this guy is something else, man. And I, I think then halfway through his rookie year, I described him in this way. Larry Bird is my favorite athlete of all time. And I said, this guy kind of reminds me of Bird, but with a better handle and a quicker first step. Now think about that combination. That's kind of what we have. He's got the nerve. He's got the, 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 you know, he's not as, as pure a shooter as Bird, but in some ways more lethal because he can string together shots from deep, you know, off the dribble that Larry really didn't do. Um, and, and so for me, the IQ, obviously, the, the passing ability, he's incredible. And that's why I think Dallas has a legitimate shot in the series. I'm picking Golden State to win the series, but this is not going to be easy. Yeah, I've mentioned this before. There's certain players and i liken them to if, if we were going to attach music to their game it's jazz there's a jazz feel to Kawhi leonard that he just moves at his own pace and and the same with luca in, in a in a sport where athleticism is always on display with speed being able to jump quickness 
they they get to where they need to go. You know where they're going to go, but you can't stop them. It's just one of those weird dynamics about basketball that I don't know if you can explain certain players being able to do it in a certain way at their own speed. Yeah, completely. And, and uh, you know, I watched some of the guys guarding him right now. I mean, look at Mikael Bridges. He was runner-up for defensive player of the year. The guy's got, uh, you know, like a 7'2 wingspan. He's 6'8". He's committed to it. And he had no, he had no ability physically to, to dictate anything to Luka Doncic. Like the great defensive players in this league, typically the reason that we talk about him in that vein, Dan, is because they dictate terms to a certain extent. Now, look, you're going to have great players make shots on guys. But over the course of 48 minutes, they are dictating what they're going to allow you to do because they're that strong, they're that quick, they're that relentless. And Bridges wasn't able to really do any of that to Luka Doncic. And look, Draymond Green is, is not going to get a ton of him. He'll get him on some switches. This is going to be more about Klay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins than anything else because they've got the size, length, strength. But when you watch what Luka's about to do to those guys, he hits them with that shoulder on the back down, he knocks you backwards, and then he spins away to get to that fadeaway. There's just not a lot you can do. And if you want to run somebody at him, okay, here comes Dorian Finney-Smith and Bullock and Jalen Brunson and Bertans and all these guys, Kleba, and they can make 18 threes in a game. That's why like, it's going to be fascinating to me. The number one thing I'm looking for tonight is what not, – not the initial coverage. What does Steve Kerr do as the game progresses, as the series progresses, to mix up coverages on him? Because you cannot give him a steady dose of anything in one game because that's a formula for disaster if you're Golden State. Always great to catch up with you, Legs. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, Dan. Talk to you soon. That's Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, knows a thing or two about shooting. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. So make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. Been watching the Golf Channel. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. 
Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You've probably put this off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your game. Touring tires for commuting comfort. How about performance tires for sporty handling? All-terrain if you're going on and off-road adventuring. Go to TireRack.com and get started. You're not sure where to begin? I suggest the easy-to-use tire decision guide. Get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how and what and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you or... Choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office and install them on site. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan and see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to keep an eye out for the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Sent a note to Rich Lerner, the host. I said, Brad Faxon's killing it. He's doing great. Rich Lerner goes, I know. So I said to Fritzy, reach out and see if Brad will join us. He's uh, working for the Golf Channel during uh, live from the PGA uh, Championship, Monday through Wednesday, 7 to 9 Eastern, also working for Sky Sports. Just to give you a little backdrop, he won uh, on tour, I think, eight times, played on two Ryder Cup teams, and Brad joins us now. Brad, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. Thanks for having me on. This is a real honor. Do you ever get mistaken for Tony Hawk, the skateboarder? That's the funniest question. Yes, I was actually in one of his stores in, in California, and some guy came up to me. He was kind of walking in circles, and I thought he recognized me as a golfer. And he goes, hey, this is pretty cool. You're in here. And I'm like, well, there's not many golfers that skateboard. He goes, oh, no, no, I know who you really are. It's cool that you just hang out in your own store. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Do you skateboard? Not at all. Oh. <laughs> all right. The storyline at the PGA Championship is what? There's tremendous amounts of storylines. I mean, the, the biggest one was a week ago when Phil Mickelson, the defending champion, withdrew. Uh, we, we covered a lot of that on Monday on uh, Live From, like you mentioned, with Rich Lerner and Randall Shambly. And, um, but what's PGA the reason America. why, Brad? I, I don't know why Phil withdrew after saying that he was going to play. Well, I'm not sure that he ever said he was going to play, Dan. He actually committed to play in the okay. event. And the PGA, the PGA Championship's a little bit different than most of the PGA Tour events. The PGA Tour events require players to enter or withdraw by Friday before the tournament. The PGA Championship uh, entry form is way earlier. And, and a month ago, I think he was undecided. He, he talked to the PGA of America CEO, Seth Waugh, and just, I think his, his handlers did and said he's not ready to play yet. I think Alan Shipnook's debut with his book that came out yesterday uh, and the troubling news that Billy Walters is going to come out with another book, I think is trying to 
has kind of kept Phil at bay. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm trying to understand what choice Phil has in this. Did he did he have the choice to go to Augusta or not go? Did he have the choice if he wanted to go to the PGA Championship or not? In your opinion, well, again, uh, the Masters organization or the tournament committee there at Augusta National is different than the PGA of America, different than the PGA Tour. Uh, my sources say that he was um, requested that to keep his troubles at home and not come there and make that a distraction. I can't confirm that with certainty, but I've had a number of people tell me that. Uh, so I, I think that Phil's really trying to get his life back together. Yeah, this other book that's going to come out. I mean, the Alan Shipnuck book is one thing. The other book, uh, from what I hear, uh, it's going to be pretty damaging for Phil. I think it's going to be damning for Phil and, and maybe tell us a few things we don't know. Uh, Billy Walters uh, went to prison, really, um, for the insider trading on the Jimmy Dean sausage case. And Phil was involved with that. He paid back close to a million dollars. And uh, I think Billy felt like if Phil had testified uh, or had come before, he, he might've saved some time uh, for Billy Walters. Um, Tiger's demeanor. How would you explain this, this demeanor with the media that's happened? It feels like overnight. It does feel like overnight. That's the first thing I was going to say, Dan. I mean, after his accident, he he spent a year, uh, 406 days, we know, before, after the accident, like Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus, when when they got um, really beyond their competitive years, they started being, um, I think, a little bit more emotional when they played at Augusta National. They were celebrated by the fans there, the patrons. Um, and, and I think for the first time in Tiger's life, he showed some of that emotion while he was still on the course, while he was competing. And, and I think, you know, when you look at this generation of the great players now, like Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth, who Tiger will play with tomorrow morning when they tee off here in Tulsa, at, I think 8-11 Central Time. Um, Tiger's been a mentor to those players now. He's invited them uh, to play practice rounds with him when he might have done that alone. I know Rory and Tiger have practiced together. Uh, back at Jupiter, and he's, you know, going to be a Ryder Cup captain when it gets to Beth Page in a few years. And I think Tiger has really kind of embraced that a little bit, like Arnold and Jack did before him. We're talking to Brad Faxon. He's uh, working for Golf Channel one t- uh, eight times. Did I got that right? Eight times on the PGA Tour? Yes, yes, that's right. I got you. Best finish in a major was fifth at the PGA Championship? That's correct, yep. I, um I did that in 1995. I never did well in the U.S. Open. Uh, I played here in the PGA. Nick Price won in 1994. Uh, played in the, the U.S. Open here. This is some some course. You got golf clubs behind you? You got what? What do you have? Putters? I, I have putters. Um, I'm a Scotty Cameron guy, as you, you probably know. But I'm, I'm going to do a couple pieces for the Golf Channel for later on tonight and uh, have to hit some chips and putts because this is a really, Dan, this course, and you're a golf fan, I know, when when the players are going to miss a green this week, um, the course was renovated by Gil Hansen, one of the uh, best architects in the world right now. And when the players miss, the ball is going to run away from the green. Um, It's going to go down these short mown areas, tightly mown areas, fairway height, and players are going to really have a hard time putting up these hills because it's fairway height. It's not like tightly mown area like some fringes are. So the chipping is going to be a real important part this week. And I, I think that players are really confident with a short game. You see these players practicing uh, all the shots around the green. I really want to show that the 
spectators what it's like, the viewers what it's like around these greens, how difficult it is. But is it like Pinehurst number two where the, you, know, you have those greens yes. that, that are crowned and then they just it's, roll It's a little off? bit crowned, um, and there's areas on almost every green where if you miss it short or to the side, it could run off a, a, a long way, 20 or 30 yards. But unlike at Pinehurst where the, the fairway cut around the greens is so tight where you, it's easy to just pick out putter and run it, or some players like to use a hybrid, I think you're going to see a lot more players having to use a lofted club, and it seems like chipping has become – an epidemic uh, worse than COVID around here. I don't mean it. Um, it's weird to be uh, covering a golf event or watching the coverage, and you talk about Tiger, and we're talking about Tiger walking. We're not talking about a swing. We're talking about the comfort level, sort of the uh, course topography here. Uh, what is different about Tiger this tournament as opposed to Augusta? I think there's a few things. First of all, Augusta National may be the most, uh, the, the hilliest course that has the most topography of any course we, we play all year long. Um, it's not flat here in Tulsa. It, there is some topography here, uh, but there's two big differences. First of all, it's six weeks from the Masters, so he's, he's been able to you know, progress and get stronger. Uh, we saw definite fatigue with Tiger on the weekend at Augusta National. I, I think it was a miracle for a couple things. First of all, a miracle that Tiger played. A miracle that he smoked his first tee shot down the middle there, that he shot a good first round, that he made the cut, he grinded to make the cut, and then he finished 72 holes. And we, we might have thought, you know, 407 days earlier that he'd never play golf again. Now we're talk talking about him winning a 16th major championship. Um, he's practicing a lot back home at the medalist where he does, and he's been walking those rounds, so he's fitter. Uh, you look at his upper body now, he, he looks like he could play linebacker on on any team. He, he's incredible. And one of the things we showed last night, Dan, um, is his increase in swing speed. You know, one of the things that players always look at is swing speed with a driver in particular, and then the, uh, the driver, the ball speed. And his ball speed, since he first came back to play with his son, Charlie, at the PNC uh, father-child uh, tournament, is he really has increased his, his swing speed and his ball speed. And if you looked at the tracers from his practice yesterday, his driver is going so, so straight. Uh, I think he's really going to contend. And interestingly, mm. in, in 2007, when he won the last round, he only hit three drivers because he was so afraid to hit driver. And now he's really confident with driver. So I think you're going to see a, a Tiger Woods. It's really going to be able to be in contention this week. You got a favorite John Daly story? <laughs> I, I have a few. Um, I went to a restaurant in New York City, uh, oh, this is seven, eight years ago, with all my family, all my kids, and I went to a, a restaurant, and they had a, a drink on the menu called the John Daly, and I asked the John, uh, the waiter, uh, who, to me, and this is maybe biased, he didn't look like a golfer, this waiter, let me just put it this way, I said, who's John Daly, and he goes, he's a fat, retired golfer. And I laughed. I thought that was a funny comment. Like, you're laughing. That's what I did. I, my mistake was I tweeted that. And I thought it was funny. Oh. And I got a call from the tour. <laughs> and John was very upset. And I, I had a nice relationship with John. But he, he had told me his fans were upset that I did that. It was probably a mistake because, you know, when you hear something and you laugh, it doesn't sound the same in print. Um, but that was a pretty <laughs> bad move. And my heart, I learned a lot then. Uh, good to talk to you. I hope you're having fun. It certainly looks like it, and I've enjoyed the insight on uh, Golf Channel.
Well, Dan, I am having fun. I will tell you one thing that that Rich Lerner and, and Brandel Shambly are the most prepared to uh, golf analysts in, in the game, without a doubt. Rich writes all of his openings, everything that he says on camera, he does himself. And there's nobody with a, a mind in the golf world like Brandel Shambly. He's, he's got a brain like a steel trap. He remembers everything, everything. And I'm happy to sit next to them. And uh, I love talking about golf. I've been doing it whole, my, my whole life. Thank you. Uh, safe travels. Great to talk to you again, Brad. Yeah, great to see you. I love listening to you. Thanks. That's Brad Faxon. PGA golfer, one time, uh, won eight times on tour. Yeah, Paul. Now, a lot of people have said this before on social media, Brad Fax, and if you Google him, you'll see the picture. On a scale of one to ten, how much does he look like he could be Tony Hawk's slightly older brother? Uh, ten. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a ten. Yeah. Slightly older brother, that's a ten. I remember playing uh, golf with Brad in Rhode Island with Billy Andre. And they had a, uh, a charity event. And I remember, you know, when you play with a pro, like it's one thing you play with a really good player, and then you play with a pro, and then you go, oh, my God. Like, I, you think you could hit it as far as they do, or you hit shots, and you go, yeah, how about that? And, you know, then they rattle one off with a stick. And, you know, it, it, Brad Faxon's one of the great putters ever. Guys come to him, I think Rory asking for some help with putting. Yes, Eden. Is it, and I, I think you just hit on it actually what I was going to ask, but is it more noticeable in one area of the game, like off the tee, or is the big differentiator between a pro and then somebody who thinks they're good putting, that kind of thing? Is it just more noticeable in one area? Um, I think the sound of the ball when they hit a drive, when, when you go, oh, wow, that sounds different. Because I played with Justin Leonard, and Justin Leonard, I think, had just won the British Open. And I remember being in Dallas and playing around a round of golf. Now, I hit it further than Justin Leonard did. And I was feeling pretty cocky. <laughs> and I remember that he was like 150 <laughs> yards out. And he knocked it like within two feet. He goes, that's, that's where I make my money. <laughs> and I, it was just, it was so subtle. <laughs> because, you know, I'm probably out driving him by 10 yards, 15 yards. And I'm going, all right. Okay, Mr. British Open. And then he got up there and had 150 <laughs> yards out. I think he hit an eight iron like two feet away. He goes, that's, that's where I make my money. <laughs> I go, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, I limp home with a, you know, with a bogey, and he has a birdie. And it was just the difference. Wow, that's funny. The difference is when they need to, their window of opportunity is really small. It's like a hula hoop. With me, just get it on the green. But that, that ability to be able to dial it in, uh, and the sound that they make when they swing, because they're swinging 120 miles an hour. Yeah, Paul. I remember we did something a long time ago with a really good golfer named Rich Beam. Remember Beam? Yeah, he had that won great the PGA. Run. He was probably what about five six? No, like, he's probably a little taller. Little t- let's say he's five eight one fifty. Yeah. But I remember watching the club, and it was it was making that whipping sound, yeah. and he would hit the ball three hundred yards. You're like, how can that small person do that? You can be around these guys, like Charles Howell the third. Looks like he's about six foot one fifty. Uh, Will Zalatoris looks like he weighs about one hundred and fifty pounds, but they crush it, and it's all about the angles and uh, how you use the ground, and you you just generate all that clubhead speed. That's the difference. Like when you're around Dustin Johnson, and you go, wow. That's fast. And he's got so much arc on his swing. Davis Love. I remember we uh, were on the same tee in a, in a uh, celebrity event. 
And I hit mine, and I thought I hit it, you know, well, probably 275, something like that. And then he got up there and made it look so easy and probably hit it 330. And I went, I said, what's the difference? He goes, I'm professional, and you're not. I go, okay, thank you, Davis. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.